I can't hear you. So mark it. It's going to be a very powerful teaching on doors. What it means to, when we say doors in the Bible. So get yourselves together. Three days, we're going to be here, uh, hearing the word of God. You see, I've seen it. Don't worry. Hallelujah. <laughs> Stand on your feet. This is a month of multiplication. Say multiplication. Say, say multiplication. And so I'm starting a series on how to multiply. Say how to multiply. Say it again. Every one of us, we have to multiply. We have to increase on every side. And so this month, September, I'm going to instruct you on how you can multiply. And the first thing I want to talk about concerning multiplication is the ministry of the pastor. Tell me about the ministry of a pastor. You never knew that a pastor has a role to play in your life to bring you to a place where you multiply. You didn't know, but today, I'm going to shock you. Hallelujah. Take your Bible. Let's go to the book of Jeremiah chapter 3. Take your Bible. Lift it up. Say, this is my Bible. Uh-huh. It's the word of God. It's the word of truth. A working knowledge of this Bible will make me free. I declare, therefore, that I'm free because I read the word. I meditate on the word. I continue in the word and I do what the word says for the scripture has said whom the son makes free is free indeed I see you free in the name of Jesus Christ hallelujah take your Bible go to Jeremiah Jeremiah is the second book of the Bible after Genesis you find Jeremiah there if you are there say amen if you don't find it then maybe try revelations just before revelations Amen. The ministry of the pastor, how to multiply, how you can multiply in life, how you can multiply in life. Thank you, Jesus. All right. If you are there, say I'm there. Okay, let's read together. And I will give you pastors according to my own heart, which shall teach, feed you with knowledge and understanding. Verse 16, this is it. And it shall come to pass when ye be multiplied and increased in the land. In those days, saith the Lord, they shall say no more the ark of the covenant of the Lord. Neither shall it come to mind. Neither shall they remember it. Neither shall they visit it. Neither shall they be... Amen. He's saying that when God appoints to you a pastor, there will not be a better yesterday than today. He said, and it shall come to pass when you be multiplied and increase in the land. Huh? And, in, and then he said, and in those days, say the Lord. In those days, say the Lord. He said, they shall not say, where is the ark of God? They shall not even remember the ark. They shall not visit it. They shall never do any of it. Because the ark of the Lord represented the power of God. The, everything that had to do with God. And so everywhere they were going, they were carrying the ark. Bible is saying that when God appoints you a pastor, you will never have a bad yesterday. You will never have a better yesterday than today. You'll be amazed. Praise the Lord. So he said that when you be multiplied, say multiplication, and increased. So multiplication and increase are products of a pastor. 
in your life. Some of you, you have a doctor. If the doctor says, don't eat egg for 25 years, you would obey the, the doctor. The doctor says, sit here, don't move. You will not move. Your doctor says, every morning, jog. You will jog. Whatever your doctor says, you will do it with intentionality and alacrity. But you don't know that it is not enough to have a doctor in your life because scripture is saying that your multiplication and your increase is connected to the ministry of a pastor, not a prophet. Hallelujah. The pastor. Some of you have a lawyer. You don't joke with your lawyer. Your lawyer says, don't talk again. You that is an extrovert, you have become an introvert. Your lawyer's one word can change your life. You wouldn't have a problem talking anymore. You that can speak 10 words in a second. All of a sudden, your lawyer says, keep your mouth shut. You've kept your mouth shut. Why? Because a lawyer told you. But when your pastor speaks to you, you begin to bring all manner of arguments. The Bible says that they that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercies. When you observe them, why are they attacking pastors? Have you ever thought about that? Why are they attacking, not attacking accountants? Why are they not coming after doctors? Why is it that it is the pastor whose issues, somebody said, I replied to him on my uh, old school platform. He said he's having a party and he's not inviting the police, the politician, and the pastor. So I fired back. Come on, say fired back. He's a Rasta man. So I also told him I'm having a party. I don't want any robber, any rapist, and any Rasta man. Then I saw another person to he fired. He said, he's having a party and he doesn't want any pastor. He's a comedian. And I said, I'm also having a party. I don't want any con man. Huh? Any what? I've forgotten about. Any con man, any comedian, and any, there's a third one. He's a comedian. So I gave him three C's. If you fight the pastor, I'll fight you. You don't understand. And a lot of you, you are forsaking your destiny because you find it difficult to listen to the word of your spiritual father because every prosperity is spiritual first before it can become physical. Mark it on the wall. You go as far as you can go. You will be shocked. When the story of your life is told, they say he was up there, but he came down. Praise the Lord. Con man, how can I forget this? And then he also kept quiet. Because, you see, a lot of you think that we, we are doing this work because we want your money. Your money. And a lot of you, you come to church, you have suspicion. You are so proud and arrogant. When you come, you feel as if you have done God a favor by coming into his house. He has done you a favor by opening that door for you to enter church. I know you're not saying amen, but you see, I've been sent like a Jeremiah to you this morning. Shout amen. Shout amen. amen. It's not, if, if you see counterfeits, there must be. He said, I will give you pastors according to my. That means that 
You see, when we say, what is the heart of a matter? When we say, what is the heart of the matter? It means that, what is the core issue of that matter? Is that not what we say? You go for a board meeting. Okay, what is the heart of this issue? God is saying that he will give you pastors according to his own heart. That means that pastors occupy a special place in the recesses and the depths of God. I'm telling you the truth. They are very, very special to God. And you must begin to see them like that for your own good. He that observeth lying vanities forsake their own message. You listen to the radio so much. When you see a pastor, you suspect him. Anybody introduce themselves as a pastor, the first thing you think about is money. You are under attack. Let me hear amen. Because you see, that is the reason why you find it difficult to listen to the voice of a spiritual man that God has appointed into your life. And that's why you have been going in circles like that. But today, we break that power. That voice that whispers to you every day. Say, pastors after you. I'm an architect. Don't think that I'm here because of money. You cannot. Not by an inch of your imagination. So it's not every pastor you see that is in this thing because may I know that if I don't do this, I will not live long. That's why I'm here. God told me, say, you my son, you better obey me. So I'm just doing the will of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And I'm very good. I topped my year group in the university. Out of 40, once I was the best student. Thank you very much. And you know, I was giving, I was a teaching assistant and I was giving scholarship to go to Michigan State University. And the Lord said, don't go because that is not where I want you to go. So, you see, you don't respect your men of God. That's why the, the anointing cannot affect your life. But when you begin to honor them and you see them the way God has appointed them, your life will never be the same. I can't hear your amen at all. Father, this morning, we ask for grace. The few minutes we have left, speak to your people. Let truth be planted. You said unto Jeremiah, See, I have appointed you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out, to pull down, to throw down, and to destroy, and to plant, and to build. I come with the prophetic unction to uproot every resistance to the ministry of multiplication and increase in the life of your saints. As they align with your word, let them begin to experience peace in their marriages, peace in the place of work, peace with themselves. In the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Kindly take your seats for the few minutes that I have left. So, in this month of multiplication, we must multiply. Come on, say multiply. But you cannot multiply without being first fruitful. And so, the scripture should have rather said, and it shall come to pass in those days, when you be increased and multiplied. Because the foundation for multiplication is increase. Increase simply means to bear fruits. The notes is on there, so you can go, go into it and, and project it. 
Increase simply means to bear fruits. It means to be fertile. It means to be productive. Multiplication simply means to become great, to have dominion, to dominate and to gain authority. So you are not going to gain authority and become great without first being fruitful. You first have to be fruitful. That is what the Bible says. Fruitfulness, bearing fruits. That means that your life is not going down. And listen to me. Before the fall, the default of every person that came on earth was to be fruitful. Because God said in Genesis 1 and verse 20, he said, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. It was a blessing. This was before the fall of man. But after the fall of man, multiplication increase is no more default. In fact, when you are born into the world, you are more likely to diminish, to decrease, to become useless. That is what it is now. But until sin came into the world, we would have naturally flourished. Have you ever thought about why green grass doesn't grow? Why? Why do we have to plant green grass? Have you ever seen a field with pure green grass? There's nothing like that. Because everything is in decadence. And so there's no automatic inheritance that says that once you are born, you would increase. It's not so. It's not so. So you see, after men sin, God chose Israel as his own and said, I distribute these nations among the gods, the sons of God. So every region has a territorial power and control. The only people that was God's people was the Israelites. Though every other nation was given to demonic strongmen, principalities to control them. And in God's scheme of things, he had purpose in his heart that he was going to make a show of Israel so that the world can see how this life should have been if they had not disobeyed him and had not gone into sin. Yesterday, somebody sent me a video. Israel, Jews, they are, they've, they've, uh, they are 3D printing meat. 3D printed. So if you say you want meat, what kind of meat do you want? How, how much fat do you want in it? So you say, I want 25% fat. I want fiber. They will print the meat for you. <laughs> how many kilos do you want? Three kilos. And then they'll give it to you. One minute, they'll print meat. Not from cow. They have developed the muscle, the, what's it called? The molecules, the fibers, and then the fat. The Israelites. They are blessed. You can't contest it. It is proof that God's way is sure. If Israel was a failed nation, we might as well throw away this Bible because the proof of the pudding is in its eating. When you see that somebody is prospering, it's a sign that what they have is working. Amen. So God chose Israel and said, I'm going to bless these people. Now, God did a mighty work by bringing them out of Egypt. And then Lord God gave them laws and gave them himself so that they will manifest who he is. But they went after other gods. And so God said, now look, for me to bring these people back to where they must be, I must appoint some kind of people who are going to help them to recover. To bring them back to the place where they can be blessed. Because like I said, blessing is not automatic. It just doesn't follow you. Because you have a very nice name. Hallelujah. It doesn't work like that. 
Blessing is a product of certain deliberate decisions. If you choose not to make any deliberate decision, you will go down. The world is falling. Amen? So God said, in the absence of anything that can help this, I'm going to appoint certain people who are going to instruct them and show them my laws. And in showing them my laws, their lives are going to change. They are going to get better. They are going to be better than the, their neighbors. and their, But somehow, Israel, they went back. And God said, ah, how come the gods of the land in which you've gone, they have not changed their God? But you, that has God Almighty, you are changing your God. So God was not happy with them at all. And so it is on this basis that God began to prophesy to Isaiah, say, Isaiah, look, these people, they are stiff-necked people. These people, they are stubborn. They have forgotten their first love. They've forgotten the person who brought them out of Egypt. They've forgotten how I brought them into plenty, how I blessed them. And then the Lord was prophesying from chapter 2 to chapter 3. And he told them that a time is coming. He's going to appoint them certain people. And when those people come into their land, their lives are going to, it's going to change. That means that they are going to increase. That means they are going to be flourishing again because they've forgotten the laws of God. And so if you read the scripture carefully, he said, I will give you pastors according to my own heart. Who will teach you? Who will feed you? Say feed. I can't say it louder. Say feed. That word feed in the Hebrew is raha, raha. Number one, it means to pasture. Pasture is a place that is prepared for sheep. So a place like this is the house of the Lord. I'm talking about feeding. Let me hear him. I'm showing you how you're going to be fed. And so he said, the first thing that ra means is to have a place where it is prepared for sheep. So a house like this, a church like this. Oh, I like the verse 14. He talked about Zion. Put it on the screen for me. Let me refer to it. Jeremiah 3 and verse 14. Because he mentioned Zion before he said he is going to give them pastors after his own heart. Hallelujah. So a place like this typically is part of what it means to feed. To feed. Now, you know, if you did agriculture, we have what we call open grazing. Open grazing is wild grazing. Like, you are, you are, not, you are not confined in a place to expect food. You are just, you know, looking for food in the wild. Open grazing. And you know, a lot of us, we are like open grazing fields. We don't commit ourselves to a pasture. We don't commit ourselves to a place where we can be fed according to our needs. And if you are that kind of person and you are always openly grazing, I don't belong to any church. I don't belong to any fellowship. I don't mean when I go on the internet, I'm listening to the word. You are open grazing. There's no systems. There's no controls. There's nothing in your life. And so one day you can just enter somewhere. I say you can enter somewhere. But then you meet a wizard online. I know you don't say amen. Yes. But you like, you are wild. So you want wild grazing. Wild grazing. You are looking for the latest grass. You are tired of azonopus grass. You want another kind of grass. One of these days, whilst you are going there, because you are not committed yourself, you are an open grazer. Why don't you go to church? I oh, mean, I don't, these pastors and these churches, I don't want to, you know, I want to be independent. Once I get my, you know, coffee and I get to the net, I'm worshiping. 
you are open grazing. And it's a very dangerous thing. Because open grazing is you are exposed to the wild. And in the wild, all manner of predators are there. I said all manner of predators are there. Hallelujah. So when we say feed, he said, I'll give you pasture. Who will feed you? The first thing is the pasture. A place prepared for you where the grass is prepared for you. And it's interesting, we call this place green pastures. Isn't it amazing? So as for this church, it's about sheep pasture, you know? Hallelujah. It's a mystery, amen. It's about sheep business and all manner of grass and you know, and all that comes with it. Hallelujah. That is what it means to feed. Number one, you have to have a pasture. I'm teaching how you can not multiply, you increase first because you cannot multiply without increasing first. Hallelujah. Genesis 26, it talked about Isaac. He said, and Isaac sowed in the land and reaped an hundredfold. And he became great and went forward and grew until he became very great. And the Philistines envied him, for he had great stocks of sheep and a great household. So he received a hundred percent and then he grew and went forward. So he started with increase first and then he began to multiply. You will increase in life. I said you would increase in life. In number two, when we talk about feed, we are talking about let me check my notes. Okay. Rule. Come on, say rule. Say it again. When we say feed, we are talking about ruling. Ruling is telling you the word of God. A lot of us, we don't like to be told the truth. I'm teaching you how you're going to prosper in life. If you don't have an appetite for the truth, you can never increase in life. This is the word, rule. So in your life, one of the rules that the pastor has in your life is to rule, not with the bar of iron, but with the word of the Lord. So that he's able to look into your eyes and say, you are wrong. And you still say, yes, pastor, I agree. Not that you walk with your arrogant shoulders and get out. I'm going to the next church. That's what we become. Because there are proliferation of churches, proliferation of churches all over the place. This one is there, that one is there. So we've been doing shifting cultivation. You go here, you have a problem, the discipline, you jump to this one. And then you present yourself as an angel. Then you move to the other place. When I was growing up, there were only four churches. Action Chapel. It was Grace Outreach. Grace Outreach is also it's gone down now. Victory Bible Church, Central. And then which other one? These are about the four churches. In Accra here. So for you to go and hear music with instruments, I walk from Kokumlimli to airports just to hear, you know. There's nothing like music. When you go to church, we all, they all wear white robes and with maracas and tambourine. To hear instruments like it was on common. So if you really want to enjoy church, you walk to the church. Four places in Accra. Now we have churches, six churches on one street. So it's like we, we, we can't tell you the truth because we are afraid. If we tell you the truth, you will walk away. That's why you are not increasing. 
That's why you are not being established. You know this guy is taking you to hell. And you know, you can see clear. Your pastor sister, this one, don't do it. Say, oh, pastor, I'm in love. I'm in love. You came too late. I wish you have told me this one two years ago. But where my heart is now, I can't go and retrieve it. So you want your heart to be broken to pieces. Then you come and sit at the back crying. Say, don't worry, it shall be well. You don't need that if you had listened. Praise God. I can't hear you. So we rule. Come on, say rule. Say it again. If you're a pastor, you're a shepherd. A shepherd rules, rules sheep. Please listen to it. If nobody can tell you, sit down and do the right thing. You are in big trouble. You are married. Nobody can talk into your marriage. You are in big trouble. How are you going to make, how are you going to make it? There's nobody who rules in your life. A spiritual authority. A man that hears God and they are guiding you, but you don't like it. That's why you're not being fed. Rule. He said, he said, they deserve double honor. Those who rule word, who labor in word and in doctrine. So we labor in the word and we come to share with you. Your duty is to take that word and live with it. So that it will be well with you. Don't forget, you must make heaven. I say you must make heaven. That's the end game. If you got everything in this life and you die and you lose your own soul, what is the use of it? So all these things, the additions, the main focus, the end of your faith, which is the salvation of your soul. He said receiving the end of your faith, which is the salvation of your soul. So we've been appointed to guide you to get to heaven. You don't say amen. I can't hear your amen. I can't hear your amen. Or you don't like my message anymore. This, this is the job. You must become where you can be rude a little bit. Because you are so arrogant. Because you have money. And money has a way of making your shoulders puffed. Because when you drop the offering, the basket shakes like that. And the pastor cannot talk. We are suffering, oh. We are suffering. It's true. We are suffering. If somebody is doing the wrong thing, you are looking at the person. Oh, because of the offering. Because when you stop bringing, you know, when you do that, the person stops paying tithe. All of a sudden, you can't pay your workers anymore. So the pastor will say, hello. You just bring your money. <laughs> so they've also left you. They've also left you. I was shocked when I found out that when Jesus came to the disciples in the book of John 21, when they went back to fishing, Captain Kutze, Jesus was not happy with them. But he, he said, throw your net on the right side. Right? And they caught 153 big fishes. God was not happy with them. Then they brought it to shore. When they came to shore, Jesus had prepared filet mignon and caviar with roasted turkey and all manner of goodies. Boiled tomatoes and some, you know, dip, dips. And they began, all this while, Jesus was not happy with them. Can you believe it? So the fact that Jesus is supplying your needs doesn't mean he's happy with you. Don't make a mistake. Because he asked them, Peter, do you love me more than these things? 
their needs were met. The fact that you are doing well doesn't mean that you have God's heart and approval. Watch it. Be careful. Be careful. I said be careful. Be careful. So you must be ruled. Hallelujah. You don't have a problem with the politician ruling. You don't have a problem with the doctor saying don't eat your favorite food, fufu. Some of you, you have abandoned fufu because a doctor just spoke one word. And you know some of you, when you don't eat fufu, you have not eaten. Come on, let me preach. <laughs> the main staple of your life, fufu, you have stopped. Because doctor said, don't eat. Doctor! You have abandoned your regular. A doctor, you don't have a problem with the doctor. But you find it hard. So the doctor rules you. He rules your health. We rule your spiritual life. Hallelujah. In essence that you become somebody who bears fruits in life. I haven't got into where I'm going at all. I'll just stop when my time is up. Hallelujah. Number three, friendship. Say friendship. Friendship. Mm, Friendship. When we say feed sheep, the, the other meaning is that we must be friends. Hallelujah. You, you must seek the friendship of your pastor. The pastor must be your friend. That's what it means to feed sheep. It's not just standing with a long ladle and pouring the food into the people's mouth and drink with a 10-foot ladle. No. We should be friends. I said we should be friends. I should, I should be able to come to you and you don't put up fronts where you live, even if it's a kiosk. It's all right. That's where you started. That will not be your end. Amen. But most of us, we come to church, we put on facades. You see? We don't know you, really. You are lo- you're looking so nice, but you are coming from a kiosk. And when we say, oh, I want to visit, say, oh, pastor, I'm going to Jowulu. From Jowulu, I'll come to Abelinkwe. And from Abelinkwe, I have to stop at Newtown. By the time I come with 10 p.m., I cannot come to your house. You cannot come. And another also, can we visit? Said, no. Because you see, you are presenting a different you. You are not real. But a real pastor has to fellowship with you and eat the water and whatever, drink the water and anything like that. I heard a story of one great man. Is this? Those days in the revival times in the 18th century in England, this man of God, he went to visit one old lady. The woman said, come to my house. Come to my house. So him with his suit and his anointing, he entered the house. And then the woman said, sit down. And then she brought a very dirty cup and put the cup down. And then she fed very dirty water and began to boil the water. And she put a very dirty tea bag in the water. And she took a de- and she began to stir it. While they were talking, when she finished, she said, drink. Drink it. Drink it. What's this guy's name? And he drank it. I said, he drank it. Have you ever seen sheep that doesn't smell of? A shepherd that doesn't smell of sheep before. You are wearing Isi Miyaki and your sheep smells like sheep. You are chief executive of sheep. That is not how it is. So listen, this is not how everybody starts. 
and this is not how everybody will end. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So begin to relax and open up so that you know the ministry of the pastor can infiltrate the crevices of your life. And those cracks that are in your life, that needs to be bonded. It is the ministry of the pastor that is going to help you realize who you really are. And then from there you can take off. Because you, you pretend so much in church. Because we say the word of faith. The word of faith doesn't mean that don't acknowledge the problem. He said, while not looking at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporal, and the things that are not seen are eternal. God didn't say, don't acknowledge the fact that you have a problem. No. Don't misrepresent the word of faith. Praise God. Don't misrepresent it. And so we come to church, we don't know you. We, and then we were here one day. I was in the choir back then, and one of our members in the choir, we heard he'd been arrested by armed robbers. Choir member. No, no, he's an armed robber. And he has been arrested by police. I said, no. What did you say? He said, he's an armed robber. But when they were introducing when he was about to marry, they say he's a pharmacist. I remember, he said, this guy is a pharmacist, but his real job was arm robbery. So he went to rob somebody at the Bank of Ghana area with a gun. And they caught him. They were going to beat him and kill him, and the police appeared, and they saved him. All we would have heard is that he was dead. Because you come, you have a problem, but you have painted your face with six layers. I said six layers. So we are not seeing you. We are not seeing, we are seeing something different. Kalamatosa. May you yank those things off. In the name of Jesus Christ. You have a problem you are dealing with, but you, you don't acknowledge it. How are you going to be held? How are you going to be held? Unless you come into friendship and you come. Is it what? James 5, is it 16? He said, confess your faults to one another and be healed. Healing doesn't only come by. Healing comes by confession. So something is eating you up, but the thing has become a cancer. But you don't want anybody to know your secrets. Because you have made up in your mind, as for church, they gossip. You see, those that observe lying vanities forsake their own messes. When you listen to the things they say about church, you may never grace the door of a church because it's so destructive. It's so destructive. And Satan has kept many people from their own deliverance because of what they have heard. My goodness. The other day I was listening to the radio and I told first, I said, me as a pastor, this guy is almost sweeping me off my feet. How much more somebody just gave their life to Christ three months ago? That's why a lot of you don't pay tithe. I won't go there because... Yes. Well, the argument the guy was making, I said, Lord, if I wasn't grounded, I would have been shaken. And he was quoting Bible, quoting Bible. I said, goodness me. A lot of you, that's what you listen to. So when you come to church, you are contradicted. So you can't receive the ministry that is supposed to make you increase and multiply. But today, we, 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 you know, we fight back. 
I say we counter the arguments by the apostolic word in the name of Jesus Christ. And I declare to you, you will flourish and do well. Mm, I say you will flourish and do well. Ah, I'm talking about all-round success. I said all-round breakthrough. I said all-round greatness in the name of Jesus. I've seen somebody who, who had, I went to this house, he had vintage cars, about three, very expensive car, and the latest bands. And this, his son, he doesn't want to have anything to do with the father. He doesn't want to touch his cars. He doesn't even want to live in his house. He, does, he doesn't even want to come near him. And, um, and the man was dying and he had no inheritance. Blessed is the man that walketh not. Psalm 112 verse 1. Say, Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighted greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be what? Mighty. The generations of the upright shall be blessed. The first blessing huh, that you have is your children. Your children is the first sign that you have done well. Even if you die broke and your children are upright, you are blessed. A lot of people have it. They don't have anybody to inherit it. He died. Nobody took over his real estate firm. It collapsed because his sons vowed, I will never come close to my daddy. Because he saw how the father lived. Those of you chasing money, you better chase God. I got it close. Number four, say company. Come, come on, say, say company. Uh, Hebrews 10, verse 26. He said, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. As the manner of some is. As the manner of some things. But encouraging one another. And yet the more, as you see the days approach. There's an evil day coming. When we come to church, we bounce off each other. Iron sharpens iron. So a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. So when I see you, I am encouraged. You are encouraged. We know that we are in the boat together. If you company with believers, you will become, you will do well. If all your friends are drunkards. Oh, you don't want me to go there. You don't want me to go there. When you close from work, you park your car by the roadside. And you sit and open your legs. You are drinking beer. And you are laughing. <laughs> My boss took me to golf, to go and play golf, because he wanted me to join the elite. I, 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 didn't, I, I couldn't flow well. So the first time we went to the golf, these are senior big people. All they were talking about was girls. Can you believe it? These are like people who are leaders of thought. I said, I said, ah, is that what you are talking about? Is it girls? You don't have a strategy plan. You are not thinking of how you build something in your life. Huh? Big people talking about girls. Imagine I went again. I couldn't go anymore. I realized that my thinking was high. Wow. I said, my thinking was the hormones responsible for intellectual development is the same hormone for sex. So if you, if you find someone who loves sex, your mind is off. Wait, Jimmy. Oh, yes. I, I know you don't say me, but I don't care. I'll tell you the truth. 
anybody who, if you see a man who is always, they, are, they cannot think. Because you see, there's a homo responsible for intellectual development. Your frontal lobe, here, 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 the frontal lobe of the brain. If you sell it out to chasing women, you can never be. <laughs> your frontal lobe. This defines who a man is. That's where decisions are made. In all the things you are deciding is how to chase the next. Let me shut up. We have guests in our midst. Hallelujah. Come on, say company. Say company. Say it again. Say company. Iron sharpens iron. So a man sharpens the countenance of it. Watch the people you are keeping company with. Watch it. This is, I'm talking about feeding. Four, four things that means to feed. So when you come to church, imagine, imagine you come to church once in a month, but you always hang out with people who are not going anywhere. How can your pastor's word have influence than the guys you're always drinking with every evening? Hallelujah. So you come to church, you are not changing, you are not increasing. Everything about you is going in circles. It's going in circles. But you see, I haven't come to the core of my message, but let me just summarize so that I'll continue next week. He said, they will feed you with knowledge. Say knowledge. And what? He didn't say wisdom. Nobody can give you wisdom. Nobody. Even God cannot give you wisdom. Wisdom is the product of your actions. So when you look at Solomon, he said, Lord, give me understanding. Solomon never asked God for wisdom. He said, let me understand so that I apply my heart. When, and the thing you are doing is the wisdom you are manifesting. And it's a product of the knowledge you have and the understanding you carry. So, wisdom, nobody gives you wisdom. What you need is knowledge. And one of the things the pastor does is to give you the knowledge of God. Listen, listen. When you receive the knowledge of God and you hear, you have understanding. And when you have the understanding, you begin to walk in it. That is your wisdom. You know why you cannot buy one block? Because you don't know how to manage your money. Bible says that he that loveth oil and pleasure shall not be rich. This book... <laughs> Is the greatest book in life. As a young man, I used to read it a lot, Proverbs. That was mine. At the age of 25, 6, I bought land. I was a student, but I had money to buy land. This book. He that loveth pleasure and oil. You know oil, so, so. Do you know so? Every night you are eating buffet. Marriott's. Mervyn Pick to Kempiski. Every week. Thank you, Chinese. Now you've ended Lebanese and Indian. Is there? Look at it. You want to be rich? Now, I'm closing. Listen. He said they will feed you one. They'll set a pasture to feed you. Number two, they'll rule. Number three, they'll become your friend. Number four, they will company you, company them. That's the word feed. Then they feed you with knowledge. Say knowledge. And understand. And 
So it is the knowledge and the understanding that when you do, you become wise. That's why he didn't say he will feed you with knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Wisdom is you. Are you receiving the word or you are arguing in your heart? That's what it means. So our duty is to give you the word as it is. When you take it, you believe you act on it, you are becoming wise. You will never die poor in the name of Jesus. You will never suffer for lack of knowledge. And you know what? This is the foundation. I'm closing. Isaiah 11 verse 1. Say a branch shall, say stem shall come from the stem of Jesse and the root shall grow out and the branch shall grow out of his roots. And the spirit, Isaiah, Isaiah 11 verse 1, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Seven spirits of God. Then he said the spirit of understanding and wisdom, the spirit of counsel and might and the spirit of knowledge and the fear of God. So the first thing the pastor teaches you is knowledge, but knowledge always go with the fear of the Lord. So what a man of God or a, a pastor after God's own heart will teach you first is the fear of God. For the fear of the Lord is the beginning of so when you come here, we instruct you in the fear of God, the worship of God, the things of God. That is essentially our work. It is the spiritual foundation for your accounting profession, for your construction profession, so that you would last and do well. That is the foundation you must have. So we instruct you in the fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord is with them that. The secrets of the Lord is with them that fear him. So God will be giving you secrets that nobody can decode. So when you fear God, when we teach you the fear of the Lord, and you begin to walk in there, you become wise. And the other thing is that God gives you secrets. Every life is full of secrets. When you see people walking on the street, they have secrets they've not told you. What you are saying is the part they want you to see. Stand up, my time is up. Sheremato Ferisomanico. Orema Keposi say a shero is separate. You know, Psalm 34, verse 11 said, Come, children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord has to be taught, as it has to be taught. And the, and the pasture is where we teach you the fear of the Lord. Pastor, what do you mean? Bible simply says that wives, obey your husbands in the Lord. But you don't like the word obey, so you have gone for a more humane word. Because the word obey is too harsh. But what else are we going to tell you? Husbands, love your wife even as Christ loved the church and died. So if you are not ready to die for your wife, you are not there. Tell somebody, I'm getting there small, so I'm getting this. Uh, they, they didn't hear you tell them why I'm getting there small. Because some of you, when somebody knocks the door, call, call, call at midnight, you tell your wife, Kona the She should go and receive the bullets. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Hallelujah. And so here, we, we don't teach you accounting principles. There is the fear of the Lord, which is your foundation. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? And then you go and you add, if you're a carpenter, you have the fear of the Lord. 
you don't over invoice and then your boss finds out and then you that were being promoted gradually you lose your job and then you start from zero so you are not working in favor because you have no fear of God a lot of money is looking for faithful people may they locate you do you know there's more money in this world than poverty somebody is looking for somebody they can trust you are the next person somebody gave me back then is it 2013 how much it's about thirty thousand dollars he gave it to me say take it take it he didn't collect receipts go and use it when you have bring it back can somebody trust you like that the fear of the lord a lot of money your poverty is a product of ignorance your, pro, your poverty nobody trusts you you are so cantankerous you are so dangerous huh. one day back at the old church somebody came to the house to pray and fast when i saw i said god this is an anointed man he won't go anywhere then i'll go out i come he's there hey i was so touched i said this is a holy man so i said i gave him money i said take Two million, that is 200 Ghana or something. Go and do this and do this for the church. Ijakpa, thank you very much. Ijakpa. So, all the prayer and fasting, I couldn't believe it. He was start praying all days. When he had 200 CDs. Ijakpa. <laughs> the fear of the Lord. You will do well. Money is looking for you. This person gave me that money. He, didn't even he knows me that I will not do anything like that. I have people, if I don't move, they don't move. I don't, they, they will not do anything. They will not until I say something. That is the fear of the Lord that brings you blessings and abundance. You want to increase? This is your foundation. The ministry of the pastor who points to you the right way. You are chasing somebody's husband. Because the guy came to tell you all his problems at home. And you have become the comfort girl. You are the one saving the marriage. You have done well. You have done well. You have done very well. Say, so, oh, and the wife is not behaving well. The wife is misbehaving. That's why when he comes to me, he's relaxed. And I serve him chops. And you know, I... I <laughs> you, are the, you are the person, you are the reason why the marriage is not working. You are the cause. You think you are helping, you are destroying. Lift your voice, let's pray. Worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise. Worthy is your name. Worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise. Worthy is your name.
again. God brought you here. You thought you were coming for a Christian, you know, a child dedication of some sort. But God, in his eternal plan, had you in mind that he will bring you here to hear this word and give you a chance of eternal life. He said, this, this is the record that God has given us life. And this life he has given to his son, Jesus. Therefore, he who hath Jesus hath life. He who hath not the son hath not life. You may have everything, the trappings of material wealth, of the material wealth, creature comforts, things that make your life comfortable. But, you know, if you died today, you'll be heading down into eternal darkness, eternal destruction, separated from God. There's no oxygen. There's nothing. And there's no place for repentance anymore. You've had opportunities. God has given you the rain. He's giving you another chance again. Remember, anytime you resist, you are being hearted. You are being hearted. Anytime you resist, he said, I've heard thee in the day accepted. And in the day of trouble have I succored thee. Behold, today is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the opportunity to hand over your life. Let God turn you around and give you another chance. If you are there, you know you don't have Jesus in your heart. I want you to raise your hand. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. You came to this world alone. You will go alone. God brought you here for a reason. To give you life. The abundant life and the eternal life. All eyes closed. All eyes closed. If you are here, close your eyes. This is very important. You may not see my face again. Don't assume that next week we'll be here. What if the rapture takes place? Don't assume I'll be here. I will not assume I'll see you again. This may be the last time I'll see you. What joy it would be if I saw you in heaven. You are there like that. You are not born again. I want to give you the opportunity. I want to give you the opportunity. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. God bless you. God bless you, my brother. Raise your hand. You are there. You are not born again. If you hear his word today, harden not your heart. Maybe you are here, you are Christian, but you are backslided in your heart. The love of God is grown cold. Raise your hand also. Say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to give my life to Christ. If you are there, raise your hand. Raise your hand. God bless you. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. I'm going to count to three. I count to three, you cannot come in. One, be bold. Jesus, come into my life. I'm making a sure decision. And I determine this time around, I'm going to grow. Two, you're there, you're not born again. What opportunity, one another. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We worship your name. Please, you are there. I'm going to count to three. Two! What an opportunity. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Which was first spoken of by the Lord and confirmed to us. Confirmed to us. Confirmed to us. Three. Please come. Young man, come. Don't be shy. Come. Come. God bless you. God bless you. Come. Come. God bless you. God bless you. Come. 
God bless. Come, come, come forward. Come forward. Anybody, you are coming. You are coming. Come. This is your day of deliverance and salvation. Come. Come to me.